What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast with your host, Patty. Today, I have an amazing guest on. You all know him. It's Daniel Davy of Davy Nutrition. He was recently on Ear to the Ground in Ireland, and we cover a range of topics here from tips and strategies for parents with younger kids, Daniel's experience on Ear to the Ground this past month, his inspiration for his line of work that he finds himself in, and the importance of learning how to cook and prepare food. It's a really, really amazing episode. I learned a lot. I hope you guys do too. So sit back, relax, and listen up. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. Glad to have you back. And I will not keep you here for too long because I know you're chomping at the bit to get to the juicy part with Daniel Davy himself. And it is good. It's a great episode. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Just wanted to put in a quick little note that I fucked up here and got the timing wrong. So I was sitting by my laptop the hour before I thought we were supposed to go on. Little did I know Daniel was on the other side in Ireland sitting in the waiting room of Squadcast, which is the platform I use to record. Neither I I didn't I thought we were starting an hour later. And so I think it was about thirty minutes, forty minutes before we actually I got the email and I was like, Oh shit. So we didn't have as much time as I would have wanted. But hopefully maybe down the line we'll have a more in depth discussion of some of Daniel's background and experience in performance nutrition with Dublin GA and Leinster rugby so I know that a lot of people are interested in that we didn't really hit on it in this episode but we hopefully will in the future because he did say he'd love to come on again okay with that I'll just dive right in this was kind of we went and hit a bunch of different topics there was no real you know core topic it was really fun we just kind of had a conversation we talked about um, parenting styles for ensuring that your child has a wide palate and that they you know they're not very finicky or picky eaters we talked about daniel's experience on ear to the ground and the connection between you know growing up on a farm and how that inspired or contributed to his love of nutrition and then we looked at just some of the practices and strategies that he implements into his own guidance, you know, and finally we finished up on just, he kind of flipped the script on me and asked me about, you know, what I'm doing over here with the tactical athletes. So it was really, really interesting and fun conversation. So without further ado, we'll dive right in. I just want to quickly want to highlight one more thing. I, alongside a colleague, Evan, have recently launched a platform called Research Bites. Okay, it's research-bytes.com. And what we do is we upload an article a week alongside a 10 to 20 minute video where we dive into a nutrition topic. Now, a lot of our articles are directed toward performance nutrition, but we also hit on a variety of other topics. Okay, really, really interesting topics. So for example, Evan just recently wrote an article looking at nutrition recommendations for minimizing the effects of jet lag while traveling. Now, I know that's not a very, you know, topical article right now. Nobody's traveling, but 
It will be, and it's very interesting. So we just hit on a variety of different topics. I just covered prebiotics and probiotics, what they are, and the potential benefits, if there are any. So, yeah, check it out. It's research research-bites.com. And we also have an Instagram, which is just at researchbites. And we share plenty of free content on that Instagram as well. So make sure you go and check that out. But without further ado, Daniel Davey. Okay, welcome back to a, another episode of the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast. I have Daniel Davey, who is a performance nutritionist and has his own brand, Davey Nutrition. I have already botched this and I came in 40 minutes late, right? I'm not going to blame it on the time zones or anything like that. I just <laughs> fucked it up myself. So we have a quick one. We're going to go through it in 30, 35 minutes, um, but it'll be a nice action-packed one. So welcome, Daniel. Thanks very much for coming on. Great, great to be on. Uh, I've been looking forward to our chat um, for for a couple of different reasons. Obviously, want to get a little bit of insight from from your experience too, um, since you're moved to stateside. So, yeah, looking forward to it myself. Great, great. So, will you just for the few people that don't know you, just tell us a bit about how you came to this position and what your current like current projects are at the moment? Oh, <laughs> current projects. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, Daniel Davey is my name. I am a performance nutritionist with a keen interest in, I suppose, I'm going to add mental performance along with physical. Uh, It used to be all about the physical attributes of of human beings, uh, not just athletes, but how how you could perform better. just day to day in life, uh, whether that be somebody who is performing on stage, performing in their job, um, wants to be the best parent possible. Uh, and of course, I, I work with athletes, I work with the Dublin footballers and Leinster rugby. And I, I suppose there's been a major change um, in my, not change, but I suppose evolution in my interest towards mental performance uh, because I've recognized that that's the kind of space where we've got the greatest growth. Um, that's, that's, where, that's where I think things are going. Um, I suppose just a little bit more background on me. I'm from Sligo. Uh, I grew up on a, a small farm um, in a place called uh, Chaffpool near Tubacurry in South Sligo. Um, and I, I suppose that I, 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 I keep going back to that because it really did shape so much of my interest in food from a very early age. And on that note, you were just recently on ear to the ground. Um, I tried to lie. I tried to get into RT player to watch it. I haven't yet been able to, I watched some trailers and highlights on YouTube, but my mom, funnily enough, after we scheduled this, she reaches out to me. She's like, Oh Jesus, Patrick, they had this fella on ear to the ground and he's very into the health and nutrition stuff that you do. And he was unreal. You should get him on the podcast. I was like, Mom, I'm actually having him on. <laughs> so how was that experience? Well, I don't know about unreal, but that's that's very nice to hear that your your mother said that. It's it's uh, I'm actually going to add it to my I have a, a YouTube channel that it's rough and ready at the moment because it's, I've realized there's only so much you can actually do with different platforms and things like that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna add that they, they were kind enough to send that that video clip on. So I'm gonna add that to it. So I'll I'll send it over to you. Nice. Um it was it was absolutely amazing. Uh, it was 
it was it was very special for for a number of reasons. Um, my my family growing up, we would have watched Ear to the Ground, and Ear to the Ground is something where you're kind of getting a sense of what's happening in other farms and in agriculture in general uh, around the country. And yeah, now we have social media and we have we have a little bit more of an insight even from television now there's country and there's country living types of programs but you know back in the 90s and early 2000s ear to the ground was how you learned about new ideas and concepts that were evolving so it was absolutely delighted to be honest wow that was yeah and you it was the whole episode was basically around you so no 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 just no no it was it was only about 10 minutes or a little or a little bit less but they spent the whole day on the farm and uh, they just wanted myself and my dad who manages, it's only a small little sheep farm, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, I mean, it still takes management and care and input. Um, so they spent the whole day with us, got an insight from my parents, what it was like, uh, you know, when I were, when we were growing up um, and the kind of daily activities that we do, everything from, you know, whether it be dosing sheep or changing them from one area to another or just, you know, what, what it actually was like growing up on a farm and how that actually did influence who we were, our value, our value on the land and what that produces through through animals and through farming production and, and, and things like that. So it was really, really nice to be able to do that with my parents um, who have obviously, I'm sure, the same the same as with you, have had such an influence on me and and who I am. And just as you say that, um, do you think that that's kind of what inspired your your love for nutrition and food, or do you think that came later in life and it was contributed to by that, or was that the sparking factor? I've had this conversation quite a bit with my parents since uh, since I wrote my recipe book and since I started doing a little bit more of this work. And they're quick to say that while I definitely was influenced by my grandparents and my parents growing up, that I was always a driver of health um, and cooking and that side of things from a very young age myself. So I think they fostered it supported it nurtured it but there was something inside me that i, I really from a, I, I i can f- remember from the age of four or five being actively involved in the preparation of food uh, mm-hmm. i i think i think my grandmother in particular a woman called sarah ellen davy who uh, you know which they had a small little dairy herd and you know, she'd be sending me off to get the the eggs from from the from the chicken house and the hen house and things like that. Like they're all things. If you if you look at children, how easily they're influenced. They they were major influencing factors on me. Completely agree. It's funny. Um, a few years back, uh, myself and a buddy, we used to go into primary schools and teach about just the basics of nutrition. Not that I had the qualifications really to do so, but I would do a lot of reading in my spare time about public health schemes and policy for youth uh, nutrition education. And a big thing, like the recommendation was to get your kids involved in the preparation process from an early age. Because I think what happens is it's not this alien language then as you grow into adolescence and adulthood. 
it's like you know where it's coming from you know the importance of taking care of it of preparing it right and you see how it goes from raw product to a delicious meal and yeah i just think it's huge for parents to like involve their children and i guess being on a farm you're just in the deep end there already yeah uh, and i suppose i i've seen it firsthand um i've seen you know i i talk about it a lot myself i've read a lot of the the papers that you're referring to um i uh, that's what i practice when i'm talking to parents about uh, about uh, nurturing good habits in the home i will always talk about them being the leaders of the space the ambassadors for the space showing really good example because they'll they'll you know monkey monkey see monkey do exactly yeah um but i i'm uh, i i think it's fascinating we have a have a, a niece uh cara my my sister's first uh, baby and I mean, to watch her eating habits and to watch how interested she is in participating uh, with my own mother, who's her grandmother, but with also my, my sister, Marianne, it's incredible. Like she's, she's two and she's driving it. You know, she's like, can we make pizza? Can we make oat bread? You know, and in her broken little language. And it was like, I can see firsthand it's what's been fostered it's what's been encouraged and uh, there's no problem with any vegetable or any fruit there's the, wow. like it's exposure it is ultimately exposure. exposure yeah yeah wow yeah i think that's that's very important too and that's a whole other area where i have a buddy who's very particular doesn't eat a lot of new foods very afraid of new foods that go outside the traditional irish you know menu and I think it's because of that when, you know, when he was younger, he wasn't exposed. And you, the key word is exposure. Would that be a big recommendation for parents, you would oh, say? Massively. Like, I don't think parents realize, I mean, some of the, some of the, 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 the data um, around how critical it is to have children eating, like even in the first 12 months, you know, from, from when children begin to wean six months on to 12 months. And then I think I, like, I, I don't want to be one of those people that starts referring to, um, to studies with inaccurate, um, references, but I think the age of seven up to the age of seven, if you haven't introduced a wide variety of foods, it's incredibly difficult. You know, it becomes more and more wow. difficult as it, yeah, it's that it's from that young. Yeah. So you really do have to get going early. You you have to get going early. And it's everything from smell to texture to eating experience to color. It's familiarity. You know, that's why, you know, you see babies, they just want to put everything in their mouth. And if they're only putting very specific things, and you can imagine if it's highly processed, how quickly their brains become to recognize processed ingredients, sugar, Jesus, salt, yeah, and additives. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 are, we are wired for pleasure. <laughs> That's that's yeah. what humans are wired for pleasure. So the sooner we can wire towards good habits and good tastes and preferences, the better. Wow, that's very interesting. Geez, we could do a whole podcast on that with children because I know there's a few parents that listen to this that'd be very interested. Yeah, well, I'll actually even from um, from a discussion point um, when you when you do put this out, I'll I'll maybe mention that it could be good for parents to to listen into the certainly the first I'm looking at the time here the first 13 or 14 minutes um one other thing i suppose that's really worth mentioning about that is 
uh, I suppose we, we, we hadn't even really planned on talking about children's nutrition, but there's a whole psychology around it. And the, 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 there's two things that I always suggest to parents. And the first thing is no drama. Okay, no drama. Do not create a scene. Don't create a row. Don't be forcing the issue. Don't create negative association, you know, pushing children to do something. That's that's wow. not going to be potentially, that's not going to be positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposure, as I said, okay, and don't use, don't use um, reward in the sense of, of, of other types of, uh, treats and things as a reward for eating good food. That should never be the case. Okay. okay. So it, use it through positive reaffirmation. Well done. That's super. Great job. Uh, great to see you're eating for your greens and, you know, high fives, buddy, and, and, and little things like that. It's, it's not, don't create an association that the reward comes from eating something that's supposedly a treat. Yes, because then you're just literally putting those in, those foods into categories for them. Exactly. As parents. And you're creating a link in their head. Well, if I do this, then there's a reward. You know, there's a reward of eating those jellies or whatever. And that, that's going to, in the long term, that will undermine the relationship that that child will have with, with eating the right types of foods. For sure. And it'll create kind of like a mindless eating pattern of those foods, of your dinner. Yeah. And into the, yeah. 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 It's a vicious circle because it, it starts as a row and it may end as a row because they want more or that's what they that's what they know. That's the habits that are being formed. Yeah, and going back to like, all right, so parents might listen to this and be I have no problem going with parents and childhood nutrition. I think it's a fascinating concept, but um you say the critical age is up until seven, right? That's a really well, good point. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, hold, don't hold me to that. I know when I read it, it's quite, a, it's quite a long time ago. I know when I read it, I went, holy shit. Okay. I All went, right. I went, wow, the first year is so important. Even what the mother eats when she's pregnant has such a huge mm, influence. Oh, I can imagine. So we, we, we know epigenetics is a major factor. So how active, how healthy the mother is, what her behaviors are, what foods she's eating while she's breastfeeding, all of these things have a major role of the child transitioning over onto uh, a, a varied diet. Even sp spices, uh, like all of that stuff, has it, it's, it's, it's incredible how it carries through. So it's, it's just understanding that those are such formative years. And it, I, I, I always say this, it's, it's, you are the leader in this space, you are the ambassador, you are showing example, but you want your child to not just eat like you, but to eat even better than you have eaten. You know, that's, that's the kind of mindset. It's almost like you've got, a, you've got a blank canvas for this child to create really good eating behaviors and a very positive relationship with them and their nutrition. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I think critical for parents to kind of, it's not going to be perfect. So a lot of the times the parents that we would have talked to, they're, they're coming back to us like, this is great on paper. I have four kids. I'm working. The dad's working or the mom's working. This is not practical. I can't be feeding them or bringing them through cooking demonstrations for an hour, each pillar meal. It doesn't make sense. So I don't know what, what would, be some tips you'd give to those those parents 
Well, it's it's like it's funny you should ask because some of the uh, people that I'm working with now, and I have a small clinic on a Friday, uh, and uh, there is an increasing number of uh, children now attending the clinic. Um, parents that really want their children to have a better relationship with food, and they want them to you know obviously they're, they're, most of them are involved in sport and they want them to be able to compete too that's that there's no getting away from it that's definitely mm-hmm. a, a factor so it it's back to everything that we said about nurturing the relationship parents not being uh, total hypocrites uh, and going mm. for the cookie jar themselves and saying to the children that they shouldn't be don't be sugar, like me sugary syrup. yeah don't be like me i mean th- of course they're going to be i know I yeah know. But but what I would say um, is that, and it's it's absolutely no different to sometimes with adults, is the more, and you said it earlier, the more integrated they are in the whole process, the easier it's going to be. So if you're having a conversation and you've created, and this is something I've learned, what are the values of the home? What are the values you've created around everything, around sleep? around exercise, around tidiness or cleanliness, around television, media, social media, and nutrition. What are the values in the home around food? Is it something that's important? Are you eating together? Because you need to have very clear values. Mm. Because if you don't, then how can you create consistency or structure? So uh, is is Mary, Paul, you know, Joan, Anne, of course they're going to have meals that they prefer compared to each other. Of course they're going to have likes and dislikes, but there has to be a a unity in what the week looks like and a Mm -hmm. little bit of planning and organization together. And what that can be is Sunday, we're going to sit down for 10 minutes. We're going to say, well, what, what do we want on the menu this week? What, who's going to help me with the shopping? Who's going to write out the shopping list? And, and if you create that from a young enough age, then there's, there's an integration of each person and they've, they've got a role. So when, when food is served up on Monday, it's not, what the hell is this? What's that about? You know I don't like this. Well, you know we talk about this on Sunday. We had a plan in place. You chose not to be part of that. Okay. So it's, it's really about... Uh, that sounds maybe like uh, you can't have that conversation with children or a child. You can. It's it's amazing once you say that this is what it is. Mm. That, that they're the values that your children will will live and pass on to their children in the future. Okay. So to what to whatever level you I suppose adjusted or condensed this practice, just involve them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and the, the 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 one of the final points that I'll make on it is that my vision for what I thought I would do with my children is completely different now to the way that it would have been even five years ago. Like I was that person who you who would look at and think, oh, he's a nutritionist. He's very strict in what he eats himself. God help anyone who'd live with him. It, absolutely but i realized how how negative um that is and how damaging that potentially is i will be far more relaxed than i ever thought i would be um and, 
and I will lead by example, and I will I will facilitate, integrate, support, encourage, rather than create a negative association. Okay, and that's changed over your experience working with parents and just individuals. I would have had a challenging enough. Uh, periods in 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 my in my tw- particularly in my twenties, as I began to learn about nutrition, I would have made the wrong type of connections, um, and I would have been overly strict, obsessive, and would have had a lot of negative associations with certain choices I would have made. Uh, and it, it, it took it took a lot of time, thinking, reading, planning, reflection to understand that um, and realize that it wasn't, it was probably doing more harm than, than good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people think of nutrition as I just put up a post about it as like judgment of certain foods or practices Mm. and optimizing and cleaning everything up. It's something that, you know, I was just down in Florida. I was talking to firefighters each day. It was 30 new firefighters. And every single day we go in, these guys come into the room, they hear they're getting a nutritionist and they think, oh, hey, man, I know I had this for lunch, but look, look. And I'm like, I'm not here to judge. Like, I'm literally not here to judge. I'm here to give you guys some additional things. And nutrition, optimal nutrition is something that you're going to be able to, it's a set of strategies and practices you're going to be able to carry forward throughout your life. So, you know, you need to adopt strategies that are comfortable right? Like, you know, and a good analogy I'd like to give these guys is you can cut everything out, be clean, right? Quote unquote, for two weeks, hardcore, shred off 10 pounds of weight. But on the third week, you're not gonna be able to carry these strategies forward, you know, something moderate, if you're looking for net improvement, net health improvement, something you can carry forward for two or three years is going to be way more valuable to you and your overall long term health. Mm. And that could be something like a chocolate bar every single day. Mm. So why is a chocolate bar being looked at as inherently bad? You know? Yeah. 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 And I, I, I guess uh, those type of um, behaviors and those negatives associations can build up very quickly and they can take quite a while uh, to, to strip back. You know, it's mm. uh, that, that whole process and, and how t- heavily tied up these things are in our emotions is, is, uh, it's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, we'll move on a small bit. I was going to hit football a small bit in this, but I won't. Right. Because I think the next topic is of COVID lockdown and the Instagram lives and the cooking demonstrations. I think that's more, you know, topical here. Well, I don't, um, I don't but, mind going, we might be able to squeeze it in at the end. Mm, you can okay. go in order of priority. Okay. Cool. 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 Right. So, it's locked down in Ireland. We don't know how far that's going to be extended. It seems like every single day now you're doing an Instagram live. You're doing a cooking demonstration with someone new. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm logging into all of them. Um, your website, the, you know, your website, you have all these recipes. You're always, and you're, if you, even if you look at your Instagram feed, I wouldn't necessarily know you're a nutritionist if I was just to look at the feed. I would think you're a chef or a, you know, a chef demonstrator. How important is it for you to provide people with the ability to cook their own food, to cook their own meals? Uh, nicely framed, I have to say. It's, it's nicely framed. Um, I, I suppose uh, 
if I was to just take a, a couple of steps back, uh, I would have initially identified myself first as an athlete, second as a nutritionist, third maybe as a farmer or something like that. And what I what I found over the course of time was that food is such a universal way of communicating and a, a really and fulfilling way of educating. And when I began this uh, journey um, in in the nutrition space and and working with athletes, I learned very very quickly that most people. And when I say most people, I'm talking about 95% of people are not really that interested in talking about science or the, 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 the articles that I will read. I don't read in as much detail as I used to, but you know, when they, they're, they're not interested in that. But you can have some great conversations with most people about recipes and meal ideas um, and different types of ways and patterns of eating and, expe- and, and experience like that. So I, I guess that's where it's evolved out of. Um, if I'm being very honest, um, I would way prefer to have um, regular conversations online about performance nutrition. But uh, that's just not going to educate, uh, sorry, that's not going to engage people to the same extent. Awesome. And I think that's what a lot of nutritionists and educators will say fall into the hole of is, no, 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 this is what I like doing. This is what's important. They need to know the science, but they're not interested. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to just get through to them. And that's why I love what you do with the the demonstrations and things like that. So yeah, I just think that's a trap a lot of people fall into. Yeah. And look, I, 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 I think one of the things we're, we're, uh, we could go into a we could go down a rabbit hole on the whole social media thing, but, and, and, you know, even the, the, the whole psychology of that, I would, I would rather you looked at my profile and said, there's a person who works in elite sport, who's focused on improvement and performance on all aspects of performance and knows his, his stuff from a, from a science point of view, you know, there's a guy that's carrying, you know, is, is really putting science first because they're my core principles, but it's, it's, it's like that balance that you're trying to achieve to provide people with that credible side, that, 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 that evidence, um, but uh, enjoyment uh, and through food. So I don't know if I've articulated that, that really that well, but, but that yeah. that that's that's the balance I'm kind of kind of trying to strike all the time. Yeah, and I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say. No, no, I, I, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you just mean. From the tiles, yeah, just from the tiles. Yeah, but if yeah. you click into them, you see. Yeah, of course. And yeah. you know, I've been following you for a long time. I actually, funnily enough, I put that question box on Instagram, and I got a few questions for you. Some of which I've already hit. But one one person messaged in, and he goes, "This is not a question." But this guy changed my whole understanding of nutrition as I know it. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you, you have a lot of people who completely just... And for me, watching those little breakdowns you did, like, is bread bad? I love that one. Like, everyone can take that away. I don't know how many times I've tried to explain to my mom, bread is not bad. But I've done so in such a way that she went away more confused than she was before it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But you, did, you do it very well where you 
you just you bring the practical side of it you know um yeah, yeah. I, you know it's funny it's funny you should say that i mean that, that's not a that's not a bad example but um i will give you a different example like i, I I'm happy for information like that to carry, like, and for that to engage people in the hope that they may find some deeper meaning in some other content, you know, mm. like that, that's what I'm trying to achieve. But like, I do find it very frustrating that the most watched video uh, on my social yeah. media is me making cookies or something where I'm just being daft in the kitchen. You know, I'm not changing anybody's behavior that way, but that's that's what <laughs> that's what's carrying across the internet. You know what I mean? So that's that's just it. That's just it. Yeah, I suppose you just have to tailor it you and do. Then to what people want, and then every now and then squeeze in a bit of important content, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. So, last question about kind of lockdown. What are some? I know you guys work with clients individually. You work with athletes and teams what are some things you've been given to people i can't even comprehend what it's like to be in ireland right now with the constant extensions of these lockdowns i can't even like here it's like there's no covid with the exception of having masks on people are getting vaccinated but to be in a six month period where you're stuck at home in close proximity to food it's all around you physical activity being decreased with the day um what are some strategies, quick hitters that you give to your clients? It's what I ask everyone that comes on to, to kind of navigate this lockdown with relation to health and food. Well, uh, it's, 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 it's very, very complex and it's going to be different in every single person's environment. And I, I know that because people have different things that are drawing their energy. Like uh, I'm, you know, I, I miss my parents. Um, my sister wants to come home and see um, my dad who hasn't been well. And, you know, we've got a farm at home and lambing is coming up. And every single person, everyone has something that's drawing their energy. So th- you just have to do your utmost best to take a step back like you would in breaking down in preparation for an exam or whatever it might be and say, what are the things that I can do now that's going to influence whatever it might be in a positive way? And for me, I treat every day in isolation and every week in isolation. And I think about, okay, well, what is going to keep me in a good place? Uh, And it's constantly going back to those performance pillars that are, that are, we all know them. We all talk about them all the time, but they're, there can be very personal to each one of us. So we've got movement, we've got sleep, we have nutrition, and we've got the management of stress. So being very, very clear on each one of those things and thinking about at least one thing that you need to actively do in those to stay physically and mentally well. So, you know, from a movement perspective, I know I need to get some resistance work done. I know I need to get out for a run or a cycle. That's covered. Okay. Now let's look at, well, what, what, what do I need to do to prevent, get ahead of things? I, you know, I've got trouble with my neck. 
do some some you know do do a pilates class do a little bit of rehab you know wh- wh- what do i need to do to get ahead of issues that may occur in my sleep okay well thursday is going to be a tough day at work i need to begin early have i thought ahead of what that looks like I know I need to be in bed early on Wednesday night. Okay, so I know I need to be in bed early Wednesday night because I need to be up early on Thursday. What's my breakfast going to be Thursday morning? So it's this just identifying, and I call them pinch points all the time, pinch points in your week and actively create a strategy to manage whatever is going on in your life. And it isn't, I think people freak out when they think about planning and organizing and fruit, food preparation, because you look online and you see people with their Tupperware and eight meals lined up. I never do that, never. But I might mm-hmm. spend 10 minutes putting overnight oats together for you know Monday and Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. That's something that pisses me off when I see it. I'm like, Jesus, I could be meal prepping for the week here. <laughs> But and, and it hammers home, it's like an emphasis on the point that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone who is literally a personal trainer, can spend all day in the gym, can prep their foods, you know, they're single or they're just, they don't have kids. You need to compare yourself to who you were yesterday, you know, and it's, it's so cliche, but look at your progress as who you were a week ago or two weeks ago since you started adopting some new habits or strategies, I think, rather than someone who is perfected or what you see as perfected, the art of preparation. Yeah, absolutely. And what I what I try and do, and this is, I, I guess, if I was to add another layer to it, is I actively seek people who inspire me, and I actively make contact with people who have a positive impact on me. And it's just immense the domino effect that that has in other areas of your life. So. I'll give you an example. I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. So we, we're missing social life. We're missing, we're missing that contact. Last week, I, I just, I went, I, I, I hadn't spoken to my friends. Uh, I haven't socialized with my friends in 10 months. I hit, we were in a WhatsApp group. I hit call. I had a, and, and I just, I said, whoever answers, answers. By pure chance, four out of the five answered and we ended up spending two hours talking to me. Wow. So I had that down. I had thought about, I'm actually, I need a laugh. I need that. Mm. Another thing that I did was I've set up a mini group where I've challenged a couple of my friends just to see over the next three months, who's going to cover the most distance each week. And we've just paired up. So I'm with Shane and the other two lads, Gary and Kenneth, were competing against each other. And when things open up, whoever has covered the most distance wins and the other lads will have to buy us dinner. Okay. Just small little things. But the, the energy that comes, what's the association? I've done more. I've got out and I've got my run done that I need to get done that may or may not have got done. It's creating fun within our group. It's giving something for us to look forward to. It's you can't underestimate the, the power of that kind of that, that, that the connection with, with someone else and that little bit of competitiveness, you need to actively pursue it. You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing you need to think about it and create it for yourself, but don't be sitting there thinking about how shit all of this is. Oh, I know. Yeah. I love that. And we only have two more minutes, but I think just listening to that, a great one. I love just practical takeaways. 
could be maybe reach out to a friend who's in a lockdown with you, pair up and have some accountability challenge for cooking, you know, send each other your meals or something like that. Yeah, I love that one. I love that. I actually did the very same thing on what on Instagram. We had a group and everyone was messaging in one day and I was like, Jesus, that's like, I can't keep up. So I just hit call and everyone hopped on and we had a great chat. Some one guy I hadn't chatted to in like a year. And it's just little things like that, and you feel great. And we're like, Jesus, we have to do that again. I know it's 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 absolutely unbelievable. And one of the things I'm very very fortunate, I've got some some fantastic young practitioners working with me. And uh, one like when I when I reflect about you know what I've done and um, things that I would change or I would have done a little bit differently, uh, I would have actively made stronger connections with other practitioners earlier in my career because I'm feeling the positive benefit from those connections now and I saw I you know I know certain people who went about and I've, I've mentioned on several podcasts I've mentioned David Dunn how incredible it used to be to meet up with David at conferences or events and just see how well known David was uh, and how much goodwill there is for him because he used to make time for everyone. Um, mm. And I'm encouraging all young practitioners to do the same because you're, you're ultimately, yeah, of course it's a small market and of course you're competing for certain jobs. Of course you are. That's the reality of it. But if you are serious about working in this space, there is more than enough people out there that need to be helped. You just need to be creative mm. and find your own path. I love that. And just look at it as if, I, I mean, I know you say it's competitive. I have a few friends reach out who just start their own. They ask me like, oh, what kind of programs do you send them? I just send them. Yeah. Stuff. And they're like, they're like what? I'm yeah. like, man, we're on the same team. Yeah. I'm not competing for your exact clients. No, you know, no, take no. It. No. You know? Yeah. And, and, as, and what I meant was it's, me, it's competitive. I mean, there are very few jobs in mm. in elite sport. That's what I yeah. meant. Like, it's, yeah. that's, that's challenging. But that's not everybody's future you know it's yeah. and 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 i suppose it's easy to go back but just referencing social media like following engagement and likes it's all such bullshit like mm. don't get sucked into it i actually i heard somebody was advised i'm so disappointed here i heard somebody was advised before they were even qualified to make sure that they'd set up their instagram account to get their name out there and I was like, that is the worst thing you can possibly do. Build yeah. your knowledge, build your network, build your experience, and and always have that as your foundation first. And then when you need an outlet, you go yes. to social media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Right. I am very conscious of time. Two quick questions. Can you tell us about the website, what it means to be a pro member? I think it's absolutely amazing what you have there. So I think a lot of people could benefit from it, just in a nutshell. Okay, so I, I have worked uh, in this nutrition space for 12 years. And what I'm trying to do as effectively uh, and efficiently as I can is put resources in one place to allow people to achieve their health performance goals. So recipes are obviously the heartbeat and the hub of, of, the, of the website. But you can create your own meal plans or follow meal plans and you can choose recipes based on your goal and i add uh 
articles every week and a video with each article to try and help educate. So what what do you want to achieve with any person that you're working with? You want to improve their knowledge, their skills, and you want to inspire and support them so that they can form better habits. And ultimately, that's what the pro membership is designed to do. Awesome. And I think it's a, it's a great one if people, they don't know where to start. They don't necessarily maybe have the resources or the financial means to work with someone individually because that can be quite expensive. I think this is a great service for those people. And it's just pure practical. Yeah, well, I, I, I do appreciate that. I, I do appreciate that because what, what it is meant to be is practical. Now, I, I will add that I do understand that there is nothing better or can beat a conversation with someone. And I realize how important that relationship piece is when you're working with somebody. But I, I think it's as close as it can be to stepping in and you know to having it with on on an online platform and it's only going to get better we have some great stuff coming i have to say mm-hmm. yeah great so I'll, I'll link all that up and just to close out i rip off sigma nutrition i know you've been on with him not not <laughs> yeah, a thing yeah. not a tip to to live life by but do you have a favorite quote and if you don't it's completely fine or a preferred quote that you like to kind of live life by <laughs> putting you on the spot um I actually don't, but um, I was watching Tommy Tiernan. Uh, I would try and watch all of Tommy Tiernan stuff. Yeah. And uh, Sean Boylan was on a couple of weeks ago. Did you see that one? No, no. I just love Tommy. Yeah, I haven't been no, watching his stuff lately, though. But um, it's something that's been spinning around my head an awful lot because of you know some of the questions that you get, that even that you've asked today. But Sean Boylan said, uh, he said, um, you are who you are, but you are also who you were. And it's about that reflection on the influence on the people before you. And I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of thinking about that, uh, you know, going back to formative years and how past experiences, not living in the past, but how past experiences and people from your past, how much influence they have in shaping you into the future. So I like that. I love that. Love that. It's an Apache saying or an Apache quote, I believe. That's what Sean Boylan said. Wow. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for that on the spot. I love doing that on the spot. People are like, oh, Jesus. I don't know. But uh, good one. So I'll link all that up. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been great. Um, very, yeah. Can, yeah. Can, can, I, can I get you just um, to give me a little bit of a summary um, onto what your experience has been like so far? I mean, moving over, taking on that type of uh, new challenge, um, and and I suppose also why you decided to move. Just from, I mean, maybe people who haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So, I was in Ireland, and I actually planned on moving to Costa Rica with a friend for a year. I work primarily remote with uh, a couple of companies. I consult with them, and I work with individuals. And then I was working with the Clare Footballers the senior footballers, I still work with them as the performance nutritionist. It's all remote, really, especially since lockdown. So I said, Ireland's bogging me down. Uh, I need to switch things up. I love traveling. I love the idea of working remotely, um, having an online presence where you can actually inf- like help people while being somewhere else and experiencing. I love going into new cultures and 
taking one thing from that culture. And usually it is pertaining to the lifestyle, um, maybe food related. Like I go to Italy a few times and I just love their relationship where they sit down for hours to eat. They have wine pretty much every day, but they eat it or they drink it in really small amounts. They're really tasting it. The French, they give so much time to their food. I love going into new cultures and just taking one thing away from it. So I was actually born in Boston, so I have my citizenship here. So I just said, look, Costa Rican were letting people in. They, they closed the borders during COVID. So I said, all right, we'll go to the States. Come here, move in with a, a roommate, Mario. He's a, um, an army reserve. And he comes in, he says, hey, man, you know, there's this, uh, this company called O2X. You do nutrition, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, they work with like military, you know, all these tactical officers and they do nutrition. And I was like, all right. So I don't work in the hypothetical, Daniel. I, next day I get contact them and they're like, yeah, let's go. I had to send them a video. Their vetting process was like, we need to see that you can teach. You can talk to people. We don't care how qualified you are. You need to be able to talk to people. And so now I come over and they fly me out to different parts of the East Coast and I just do talks um, with firefighters, police officers, as I've mentioned, military. I did one for Navy commanders on these massive warships. And it's so funny, the experience, to answer your question real quick, I walk into the room and the first sentence I always say, I'll curse, I'll, I'll just swear. And I can just see their shoulders drop a small bit like, oh, okay, this guy's not a fucking stiff. This guy... He's actually kind of speaking our language. You know what I mean? And then you'll know about this. I, I try to learn about their, I ask them what's specific to their lifestyle. You know, I'm not going to come in here and tell you to weigh out your carbohydrates each day. You can't do that. You're on a freaking warship, you know, like what is your life or daily life look like? And maybe we can squeeze in some nutrition recommendations based on that. And that works a treat. It's unbelievable how that works. People are like, okay, he's understanding where I'm coming from and he's trying to help, you know, tailor nutrition to that. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I could go on about that for ages, but it's very, very interesting. It's very I'll very have a few guys on my, on my podcast from that, I think, just to give people insights. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But, yeah. Have you done any, um, any blogs on that yet or any what the experience been like? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't even done a podcast on it. Um, I'm working on my own blog. You know what I'm doing on my blog now I'm working on is uh, writing a, a, a short story, Blind Boy-esque, Blind Boy inspired of a food experience in a different culture mm-hmm. from the walking out in the morning, walking along the beach. One is in Costa Rica. I've done a lot of research of Costa Rica, um, the food and the cuisine. I'm trying to like, I want people to read it. I haven't published any of the blogs yet. I'm working on them. I want people to read it and to tap into like the mindful eating experience. Mm-hmm. And you, you'll know from being on the farm, things like going to the market, talking to the farmer, seeing where it came from, getting the food, learning about it mm-hmm. and bringing it home, eating it with someone, a friend or family in this new environment. I want to do one in Italy. I want to do one in Denmark where I went to college. Um, and I think that could just help people to like really tap into how important the, the eating experience is. It's not something to be done mindlessly. Mm. I like it. I like it. I've done a couple of myself, um, mainly as short stories and videos. 
um, but uh, profound. Um, uh, you should look up uh, Bike Food Stories. Uh, I think his name was David. Uh, we cycled around all of the local um, uh, food producers in Parma. He took us to the Parma, uh, the Parma Reggiano. Uh, sorry, okay. the um, yes, the cheese, the Parma ham, uh, the local beers, local vineyards, um, and like you know how you were saying about uh, the Italians drinking small amount of wine. Well, I was locked by eleven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but a great, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, great, great, great experience. Really, really good. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, the more that you can talk about the impact on on that experience had on your brain, the better. Yeah. That 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 like like you said, the the sensory experience is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and I think it helps that like when you when you highlight it, it's so poignant in different cultures. Mm. People are like, Jesus, food is really at the center of it all, isn't it? Mm. It's really at the center of it all, no matter where you're living in the world. Yeah, and yeah. here it's it's pretty it's pretty scary what's going on here in America in terms of the food culture. Fuck, it's it's Mass. it's an obesogenic environment at its at its peak. It's harder to be a healthy weight and to live a healthy lifestyle here in America. Mm. I can confirm that. Mm. than it is to to be overweight and obese mm. yeah no I, you know? I, I, I yeah from my limited experience of the states it was something similar yeah yeah anyway we'll wrap it up there i'm sorry to keep you now it's it's uh it's probably gone over time but thank you so much and maybe in the future if i don't fuck up another time schedule we can uh we can hop on and do talk it again about maybe performance yeah do, do let's do it again great awesome all thanks right thanks so me. much daniel pleasure Pleasure. And there you have it, Daniel Davy, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that was informative and as enjoyable for you guys as it was for me. Hopefully, we'll have Daniel on again in the future. He did say he'd love to come on. I'll just have to schedule that in in advance. And hopefully, in that session, we'll kind of look more specifically at performance nutrition and some of his experience working with the top level literally literally the top level in ireland so that could be very interesting i'll link up all of his resources and the website that he mentioned so you guys can check that out i definitely recommend it and yeah thank you so much for listening and a few more episodes are coming your way i promise i've sealed the deal with a couple more big time guests so stay tuned have a great wednesday